0: Hey, it's Michael Fabiano now with Sports Illustrated, and I'm here to help you through this wild fantasy football season. To win in fantasy, you need player rankings you can trust, and ours have received the Top 5 Accuracy Award over the last three seasons. Sign up for the all-new SI Fantasy Plus at si.com slash fantasy. We even have tools that sync with your leagues and experts who are standing by answering your questions in our premium chat. Sign up for SI Fantasy Plus at si.com slash fantasy and win your leagues in 2020. That's si.com slash fantasy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. Bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician, Clint Ramsey, brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 451 42 I'm Maria Metzler, the Executive Director of Helpline House. The global pandemic has affected us all differently. If you or your neighbors need food assistance, mental health counseling, rental assistance, or parks and rec vouchers, please reach out. Helpline House can help in many ways. Find us on the web at helplinehouse.org. It's what we do. 8427410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com I got something for your mind, body and soul) mind, body, and soul. You have found the Bystander Podcast. Now here's your host with a most.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bystander Podcast. I am not your usual host. My name is Erin Maryhugh. I'm a communication and empowerment coach, and your host, Tim, has graciously invited me to hop on and share some content with you today. So what you're going to hear in the next hour or so is a series of talks that I have given to my listeners as part of my free heart call series. These are calls that are open to the public, anyone can hop on, and they're calls where I explore some of the things that I am working with to live a more courageous, authentic, open-hearted life. So you'll hear some stories, you'll hear some concepts and ideas, and some takeaways, hopefully, that can help you put some new tools into action really quickly in your own life to experience more well-being. So I hope that you find some personal meaning, um, some things that are valuable for you in these talks. A brief word about me and who I am. So I am really passionate about supporting people to identify acknowledge, and release patterns, ways of being, habits of communication that no longer serve them. So it's my absolute joy to work with individuals in a coaching capacity, but also to lead educational programs that really help people surface and heal that which is no longer serving them in their way of being and their way of relating to themselves and others. If you're interested in my work, if you like what you hear in this next hour and you want to learn more, you can visit my website, which will be included in the show notes. It's erinmarahue.com. And when you visit my website, you can subscribe to my newsletter and receive a free step-by-step guide to boundaries without backlash. So this is the unique framework that I've created to help people Learn what their boundaries are, identify them in a clear way, and then communicate them, hopefully, in a way that is more connecting than not. So, if this interests you, I encourage you to visit my website, subscribe to the newsletter, and go ahead and get that free guide to boundaries without backlash. You could also, while you're there, subscribe to my free heart calls. So, the calls you'll be hearing on today's episode our calls that i lead every other tuesday morning at 9am pacific time and i'd love to have you tune in if you can't make it to every call no worries you can subscribe to the list and you'll get a recording of each call after the fact all right podcastville i hope you have a beautiful time listening to this episode and i look forward to connecting with you some point in the future be kind Take care and enjoy. All right. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this heart call. Let's get started. So I'll invite you to, if you have it available to you, to lean into some support. Make sure that your back is supported. And just start to come into your body. So noticing the sensations in your body. I want to invite you as you are tuning in with your physical body and leaning into that support to actually place a hand over your heart. And if you'd like to join me in closing your eyes, we're just going to take a brief minute to align with our hearts. So you'll start this by breathing more deeply than you're used to, but still natural breath. So big inhale and exhale. You're gonna continue this deep breathing. Again, it's natural, you're not overextending yourself, but you are breathing more deeply than you normally would at a resting state. And from this place of awareness of your heart, deep breathing, Allowing any tension that you're holding in your body to just evaporate off of you, almost like it's vaporizing into the environment. Feeling that tension, stress, anxiety, whatever it is, just leave your body and filter out. Inviting a deep sense of relaxation to come through your body, from the tips of your toes to your fingertips, to the very top of your head. Continuing to breathe deeply into your heart. Taking a few more deep breaths to really ground yourself, come into alignment with your heart. Just reminding yourself, this connection is available to me whenever I need it. This tranquility, this safety inside this anchor into my being is available to me whenever i need it Mm. all right in your own time coming back to the screen good morning so the topic that came to me for today is self-sabotage and I want to talk about this kind of in the way that I think about self-sabotage. It is sort of a buzzword. We hear many different iterations of what this might mean. And I have a very specific way of thinking about self-sabotage. So I want to introduce you to how I think about it and give an example of actually something that I, I noticed last night that came up. So it's very top of mind, top of heart for me, and I hope that it serves you as well. So Self-sabotage, the way I perceive it and the kind of the way that I conceptualize it is any time that we prevent our own thriving, any time that we prevent our own thriving, these can be really tiny Examples or they can be extreme. And I think the way that most of us come across this term self-sabotage is when we think about really self-destructive behaviors or um, limiting belief systems or patterns that just so clearly don't serve us. And I, I like to expand the definition because I think that we can um, develop a more kind of like a more refined awareness of the places where we have stepped outside of that that flow of our own thriving. We have lost our alignment to that path of thriving. So again, could be tiny little examples, could be a moment where um, you know I take something personally and I realize that I have fallen out of alignment with that sense of balance, that sense of ground, that I'm giving more attention than would serve me to something in my environment. Or it could be something really extreme. Maybe I notice a really toxic pattern that I'm engaging in. Or I notice that I am um, preventing in a major way some really significant steps toward my own well-being. So wherever you land on that spectrum, I think the same concepts and tools can support you. So... The thing that I really want to drive home about self-sabotage that maybe is different from how a lot of us have heard it talked about is I firmly believe that self-sabotage is just misguided self-love. It's just misguided self-love. What I mean by that is that As we come up in the world, and you've probably heard me talk about this a lot, as we come up in the world, we internalize so much information on an unconscious level. That's just how we're wired as humans. We're just little sponges. We're taking things in from our environment and we are learning how safe is it to be who I am? How safe is it to express myself? How safe is it to be happy? How safe is it to trust people? How safe is it to be close to people? All of these things are—we're just internalizing them on an unconscious level. And some of some of us may have memories of times when uh, uh, an experience really shaped that set point of of any of those factors. But a lot of this just kind of gets dialed in in our unconscious, and then we are deeply obedient to those lessons. So whatever we have internalized in our early life about how safe it is to fill in the blank with any of our needs. <laughs> that is the the set point that we are going to be automatically obedient to whether our conscious mind contradicts that or not. So um, an example of this might be that in my conscious mind, I know that getting good sleep really matters to me and it's really important. But on some level, I have a deep-seated belief through my lived experience that it's actually not okay for me to feel calm and rested in my life. For whatever reason, my circumstances and environment showed me that that was the case. So that's how I internalized my life experience. Maybe I have an issue with keeping a, a bedtime that works for me. Maybe I, um, you know, have a really hard time allowing myself to wind down and fully rest. Maybe I'm, you know, go 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 until I collapse. Right. So there's going to be instances of these unconscious belief systems in any level of self-sabotage that you see in your life. So the important thing to remember here is that when we're engaging in the behavior that on a conscious level seems so annoying and frustrating, and why am I doing this? I know I want to get good sleep, but I'm not going to bed. and, And we can really shame ourselves in that place. To actually detach a little bit from okay, I'm having a conscious experience where I'm frustrated and you know this is all going on for me and I'm really irritated with my own behavior. But on some level, I'm engaging in this behavior because some part of me thinks it's necessary and is trying to keep me safe. Some part of me is trying to love me by being obedient to the set point that I have around whatever slice of my well-being we're touching on right now. Okay, so if we can see in any case, even if we're very frustrated by our own self-sabotaging behavior, if we can see that it came from, it originated from a place of trying to be loyal and obedient to some metric of safety in our inner world, we can start to cultivate just even one little iota of compassion for that behavior. And this is where we have to hold a lot of complexity. We have to say, I don't like that behavior in myself, or I'm frustrated with it for this reason. And I honor that on some level, some part of me perceives it as necessary to be safe. I don't agree with that. I'm going to work to heal that. I'm going to try to understand it so that I can transcend that belief system. But starting with that really basic level of compassion. Some part of me perceives that this is necessary. So an example of this, something that I'm working with, that a pattern that recurs for me is actually saying yes to work that I'm not super excited about. And I know this is probably a theme for some people, especially entrepreneurs who might be listening. This is something we can really deal with because um, especially when you don't know where the next piece of work is gonna come from, the scarcity mindset can really come in. So this is something I've been working with for years. And I was noticing, I was having this back and forth with a potential client about a piece of work. And um, I was just noticing resistance in myself. And that resistance felt like my higher wisdom. It felt like that conscious place within me that's going like, I really want, I want something different. I want something better. I want something more joyful and more life-giving. And then that self-sabotaging part of me that was kind of that scarcity and fear-driven place was going, okay, I guess I can, you know, I can negotiate with them and blah, blah, blah. And I was just sort of following that path of like getting myself to go through with this work engagement, even though I was getting a lot of signals from my kind of higher wisdom and that conscious part of me that this isn't really what I want. So on a walk last night, when I took some space to be still with myself and to really sort out, okay, what's going on here? And and by the way, one of the main signals that I needed to look at this and really spend some time here was that I was starting to feel resentment. That's a a really good signal. Basically, any uh, strong, uncomfortable feeling is a good signal that you might be self-sabotaging in some way. But resentment in particular is a really good sign for me, how I work. So I noticed that I went on a little walk in the evening and took some time to meditate and I started to really just differentiate. Okay, I'm feeling frustrated with this. I can tell that I am leaning into work that I'm not really, you know, actually having a deep yes to, but but on some level, this part of me is just trying to protect me. It's misguided self-love. So how can I engage from that level and and as soon as I reminded myself okay this is just misguided self-love then something kind of opened and I could almost be in dialogue with that part of me and really start to understand okay what am I afraid of here? What are this part what is this part of me afraid of? I'm afraid that if I don't line this work up that um, I'll lose a sense of purpose maybe I won't have enough work for the fall uh, that I, you know, that I won't have, um, Uh, that I'll be out of alignment with my values. It just so happened that this particular client that was kind of pitching this work to me um, also was aligned with some of these core values that I've been looking for, which is engaging with youth and and kind of trying to bring my work to a wider scope of folks in different age groups. And so I was really noticing that this part of me was afraid that I wouldn't be aligning with that value. If I let go of this work opportunity, that I would be um, giving up A chance to work with these particular populations that are important to me. And as soon as I started to kind of unearth these fears that this part of me that's self sabotaging, that's like, take the work anyway, (laughs) that part of me, as soon as I started to empathize and, and really grasp some of these fears, I could see creative solutions. And so this is a real turning point when you start to actually unpack what are the fears, what are the things I'm telling myself, maybe even what are those set points that I'm bumping up against. I started to realize that, well, this is not the only way to act on this sense of purpose. This is not the only avenue to express this desire to work with younger people. And so I started to free up my sense of options. And this is another theme that I notice when I'm working with self-sabotage. Often when we're in self-sabotage, we only perceive black and white thinking, right? We only perceive that there is this option or that option. And when we start to cultivate that compassion and get curious about what's going on with the part of us that is feeling this impulse to self-sabotage in some way, then we start to actually perceive that we have a wide swath of options at any given moment there are never just two options in any scenario the other thing i noticed in my own process is that i was operating from this story around a set point for my own happiness and the story that i was kind of uncovering is like you know, I've, I've scheduled myself a really spacious fall. I've gotten a lot of messages internally that it's a time for me to create. And there's all this content that I'm really excited to bring to life and kind of leveling up a lot of the curriculum that I've already built. And I was just settling into that sense of spaciousness and really this just allowing myself to be in that creative flow, to not be so accountable to commitments with clients. And what I was noticing is that I had some set point around achievement and showing up, being accountable, working hard that were actually interfering with allowing myself the degree of happiness that would be possible if I truly let myself take this time to just create. So I'm I'm noticing and I hope you can do the same in your environment I'm noticing these places that I'm susceptible to a set point that limits my well-being and my thriving in some way. And this was one of them and I really as I did that inquiry and got curious about the fears and started to see more possibilities for myself. I was also able to comfort the part of me that said you can't have this much space, you can't have this much creative time, you can't have this much rest and reflection time. It's not going to be okay. And usually when we hit that that part of ourselves, it just is that set point around our well-being, whatever the specific set point is, there's not even necessarily a specific story. It's just like, it won't be okay. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> so it's okay if it's not specific, if it's kind of vague. It won't be okay. Something's going to be wrong. And that's the place to just go inwardly, comfort that part of us that is so afraid to go beyond our set points. We are literally biologically engineered as humans to honor those internal set points. And when we go beyond them, we need to provide ourselves extra sustenance in terms of reassurance, attunement with ourselves, an honoring of the set point that we are transcending, and really forming new beliefs that would help us live into the degree of thriving that we're moving toward. Some of you might notice that your self-sabotage shows up in the form of illness or in the form of fatigue. Sometimes the body just responds and says, nope, when you're starting to increase past a certain set point. So I would encourage you to start to build an awareness of what are some of the set points that maybe you are pushing on, that you're ready to transcend. It could be around happiness, could be around intimacy, could be around stability, could be around safety. And notice, where am I susceptible to staying at the same set point or beneath it? What are the behaviors and patterns that keep me at that set point, that keep me in that safe zone according to my unconscious? And then once you have that awareness, it'll be a little bit easier for you as you are engaging in those self-sabotage patterns to slow it down, to distinguish between, okay, I'm having this conscious experience, but on an unconscious level. There is some metric of safety that I'm, I'm pushing on. I'm getting too high. <laughs> and my body and my being are responding to that and just building that awareness. Okay, I'm, I'm having this conscious experience, but this unconscious one is what's running my behavior and running some of my feelings right now. And then doing that gentle inquiry. What is this part of me afraid of? What set point are we pushing on that actually needs some loving attention? that maybe needs a little bit of history and context. Where did I form this set point? Um, Sometimes we can really feel a, a deep sense of guilt for abandoning a set point that maybe our family still carries. Can I really be happier than my parents? Can I really be happier than my siblings? What if my parents or my siblings are in a worse situation than me? What if I'm, you know, moving beyond them in my level of thriving? What will it mean about me? And again, this is not usually in our conscious awareness. This is that that deep unconscious part of us that's loyal to the system that we grew up in. So I hope that this framing can be supportive for you. I hope that you can begin some inquiries around self-sabotage. I think this is such an important topic, especially as more and more is getting piled on in our environment right now just the political climate the pandemic racial injustice i mean on and on and on things are getting piled on and a lot of us can have this tendency to just sort of lower our set points go in try to stay safe And I want to encourage us to keep opening. We need that right now. We need that. We need to reach for more well-being. We need to protect our well-being during this time. So I hope that this can be an inspiration to you to kind of dig into some of those places where you may be resisting increasing those set points around well-being and preventing your own thriving on some level. And how can you just make even just a micro step toward increasing your well-being, and your thriving, because that will not only serve you, which would be enough on its own, it will also serve every single person you come in contact with. Energetically, this kind of um, alignment with our thriving is felt, and it serves people in our lives. Okay, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in. I went a little bit over today. I just got so excited about the topic, Typically, these calls are 16 minutes. Uh, We hop on every other Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time. I uh, just go on kind of a monologue for 16 minutes about a topic that I'm really enjoying around open heartedness, how to live with a more open heart, how to live a a really wholehearted uh, life that feels true to yourself and also connected, deeply connected. So I would love to have you back for a future heart talk. Thank you for joining me today.